This is Minnesota Liberty, brought to you by the Libertarian Party of Minnesota, bringing you peace, prosperity, and freedom from the land of 10,000 lakes. are either sick or on the road, uh, so get better and come home quick because don't nobody want to listen to me talk all night. Um, tonight, I am going to be joined by the wonderful outgoing chair and current regular guy, Charlie Kuklins. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the kind of a year in review and then also the um, the just past convention. So without further ado, here's Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on uh, the sixth episode of the the. Minnesota Liberty podcast. So um, yeah, they say once you hit seven episodes, you kind of have staying power. So I'm hoping we uh, we at least all right. Make it well, well, yeah, I'm I'm the last one then, right? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like uh, it sounds like our new chair, Marianne's going to be joining us next week. So that'll be a lot. Awesome. Of fun. That'll be awesome. Marianne is a rock star. Um, yeah. We are so excited to have her as the chair, and uh, she she comes with a lot of experience and a lot of. Um, Man, just a lot of energy. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see how the next two years go, and um, you know, excited to be part of it. Were you Were you involved in those Ron Paul campaigns? Uh, I was not actually. Uh, I lived in Wisconsin at the time, um, so I was not a Minnesota resident. And um, yeah, I was had nothing to do with them. Cool. Yeah, my uh, I moved here in 2010, I think. So I was in Texas at the time. Of the 08 election and uh i was excited about about him and you know and that's kind of that, that, that was kind of my entry point into libertarianism um i remember in 2010 i guess it would have been well that doesn't make sense i guess it must have been like 2009 during the primaries or something like that for the okay. gubernatorial race in texas there was this ron paul endorsed candidate named deborah medina uh, who they were, you know, just in keeping with every every way they've ever treated any sort of, you know, outsider candidate or whatever. Um, and she was <laughs> yeah. running as a Republican. She wasn't even like a, you know, like a third party. They were keeping her off the debate stage and not letting her, you know, not interviewing her in the press and stuff like that. So I organized a boycott on Twitter, which had just, you know, Twitter was just a baby at, the, at that time. Um, you were using Twitter at that time? Yeah, oh, I was. <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, a friend of mine from high school's dad got me in, got me into Twitter like randomly. This was back when Twitter was like, you would text your tweets. You didn't yeah. even have like a phone browser. Most people didn't have phone browsers. Wow. Uh, so I, through that and my blog, which, uh, you know, back then everybody had a blog. Um, we organized a boycott of all the advertisers for the, for the big like news conglomerate that was sponsoring this debate. And it actually worked. She, they, they invited her to the debate like after a few days. Sweet. So, yeah, that's like one of two boycotts that have ever worked, I guess. You're like, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> this works. Yeah. So that was cool. Awesome. Then I moved to Minnesota and, and uh, was super involved. Well, super involved. I don't know. I was involved in 2012. I was a delegate to the okay, nice. to the GOP. Yeah, I didn't uh, actually. So, you know, I was a, a conservative growing up and uh, really didn't come to libertarianism until uh I actually bought a couple a couple properties from uh, a libertarian guy from in in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, and we started talking. Um, I like I just I asked him. I was like, you know, hey, some guy told me gave me your name, said you're retiring from the property management business. Guy had 50 units in Eau Claire, and I was like, well, you know, let me 
would you be willing to sell one? He's like, yep, I got this, this property over here. Come by, we'll talk. And, uh, I ended up buying it from him, but he, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, he was he was going to be a fellow at the Cato Institute. So uh, and and this was during his like academic career. That's cool. And then he completely just said, I'm done with academics, started learning property management, learning how to fix properties and then just accumulated about 50, 50 properties over in Eau Claire. Um, and so then he was just like, I don't care. I'm just doing what I do. That's you awesome. Um, and I was like, that's awesome. Um, given, but, that yeah, this is, given, given that this is sponsored by the party and not my own personal pro- podcast, <laughs> I won't tell you my opinion on the Cato Institute. Hey, um, but, I get it. But this was like, but let's say if I was a fellow at the Cato Institute, I probably would also go into property. Uh, management <laughs> stuff, so. well, you yeah. You're like, <laughs> I, I see why he got fed up with it. That's <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we started talking he turned me on to a couple books and, um, you know, that's kind of how I found, uh, that I was a libertarian. Um, so previously I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the conservative train, but not so much. That's cool. Um, yeah, now, man, you're, you know, walking around in a Rothbard shirt every time I see it. <laughs> You got your big your big uh, Gadsden flag on your car and stuff. Yeah, actually, you and you and our executive director AJ have uh, kind of matching stickers on your back windshield. Oh, really? Yeah, except his says "Don't tread on anyone," which is a little more a little more libertarian than "Don't tread on me." Um, actually, but not, not by oh, much. I mean, mine, "Don't tread on me" is individualist, and anyone is kind of collective. So no, but mine is uh, mine is "Don't tread on anyone." That's oh, is um, it? oh then you all have yeah. the exact same sticker. Yeah, I got it from Anthony Welty. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, he's so great. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, when well, he was out um, here with uh, with Nate's campaign, um, yes, I bought a couple stickers from him. Awesome. Or his I wife, mean, his wife's the one that makes the stickers. But I think I think if I put stickers on my car, I'd probably be getting a divorce pretty soon, or not a divorce, but breaking up. <laughs> I'm not married, but uh, so I, I I try to tone I try to tone down like my my public image, like you know, unless I'm going to a libertarian meeting or uh, somewhere where I just don't care what people are gonna think of me. Uh, right. I don't like I don't I don't wear libertarian T-shirts and stuff and the the car stickers and stuff are kind of just not my style I guess although you know I'm not I am not ashamed of of a good conversation now and then dude I might be wearing more I'm gonna see if I can make some T-shirts yeah hey I make all those buttons making buttons is a lot of fun it, I didn't realize like you know I I've had Photoshop forever I know how to use it but like um, the uh, the actual like doing it for a purpose and not just, you know, futzing around with it for work and stuff. Yep. Um, it's a lot of fun. Hey, Bull Johnson's in the chat. He says twinsies, um, which, yeah, yeah, we know Bull, thanks. If we took our names off, could you tell us apart, Bull? I know. <laughs> Last time we were on a Zoom, we were wearing matching hoodies even. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have I checked with you. Are you wearing a gray hoodie? Uh, is that like... <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, we're not related, actually. In fact, we we just met like a couple of years ago. So yeah, so um, I, it's funny because the um, you said we met. Where did you where did you say we? I met? thought we met, or at least the first time I remember talking to you was in the buffet line at the twenty twenty one convention, maybe. Oh, you see, and that's the thing. We had a. I I was pretty sure we met before the convention. Really? Did you go to Did you go to coffee before the convention? 
Yes. Because we, like, Nate was there. Um, I think Zach Turcott. Um, yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a little, like, uh, old coffee get together pre convention. I remember that. Yeah. That was where I met Kaylor Nygaard, too. Yeah. Kaylor was there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess not, not talk too much about the Nygaards, but, um, you know, man, that was a, that was a, that was a fun little feisty convention. It was. Nothing like last year's, but, you know, there's, but speaking of conventions, this year's, we, uh, we got some shit done, right? We did. We did. Um, yeah, I, you know, to start the convention, you know me, I'm not, I'm not big. I don't, I don't like to talk in front of people. That's not, mm-hmm. not kind of my style. And, you know, you're good at it. Honest. Be on the spot with like with some of the Robert stuff. I was like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. Um, but it was like it was great. We started the convention, and um, you know, really after after the the officer uh, reports and stuff like that, you know, we we went straight into uh, the chair nominations. And man, like I I turned to a couple of people and I was like, man, we're we're already starting with some fireworks, aren't we? Mm-hmm. This is this is kind of kind of the way it goes, but first things um, first, really. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of stunned uh, at you know what transpired in the nominations, but um, you know after talking to some people, uh, I, I understand it, and I I'm excited about how how things played out. Um, I think I think they really played out for the best. Um, I think it sets us up for uh, to learn and 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 get some experience under some uh, some some really really great people, um, and it sets us up for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm I'm happy to still be involved <laughs> from an IT perspective. Yeah. Uh, I, there's still a lot of things that you know that we're we're working through on the website and and the CRM and stuff like that. But uh, it's I think we've got a, a good team together, and um, you know I hope more people start to jump on, um, and we start to really build out our affiliates. So uh, that's that's kind of my focus in the next couple years is is looking at how we structure affiliates and and really breaking down some of the analytics on on what are the goals that we need to achieve um, mm-hmm. as far as numbers go, as far as um, just building out those those local affiliates so that we can hit our overall statewide numbers. Um, so that's that's kind of my plans. Yeah, I think that's a that's definitely something that um, we need to be talking about sooner rather than later. And, you know, it, uh, I guess the 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 board the other night at our first our first official meeting as this new board, which happened the day after the adjournment of, con- of convention, um, conveniently, uh, we put together or at least um, moved to form like a little subcommittee of uh, just just focused on um, the affiliate structure and kind of how we're going to how we're going to do that and make it future proof and. You know, because right now, like as it stands right now, every, for instance, every affiliate has a has a chair who's uh, like automatically on the board. But as we grow, you know, the a board of, you know, 30 or 40 people is going to get unwieldy. So we've got to come down, come up with a way to, you know, still have representation, but then 
you know, maybe not have every single affiliate somehow. Uh, and then, you know, like, like you're, like you were talking about at the convention itself, um, which I'd love to get into, um, you know, actually forming affiliates, um, that go along with the Senate districts. How, yeah, do, you, um, how do you see that playing out in the near so, term and then also in the long term? Yeah, they, it's interesting because, you know, we don't have anything at the Senate district level right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I mean, this is something that, you know, in the platform and bylaws committee, we absolutely discussed. Um, and, uh, I believe we, we didn't get to the resolution that we passed, uh, from the platform and bylaws committee, uh, at the convention, but, uh, I'm happy to see the, the new XCOM take it up and, and really put some, some thought, thought into this just because there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and everybody needs to be comfortable with how we, how we, uh, format this. Um, but the way I see this, this playing out is I would like to see, uh, basically I, I know it's kind of, I'm leaning one way or the other. I'm probably 60% Senate district, 40% counties. Um, so there's a, there's a conversation to be had that a lot of our, our elections in the state are broken up by counties. Right. Um, and then counties and Senate districts don't always align. So there's something to talk about there. You know, how do we, how do we want to do this? Um, counties are, counties are quite large, uh, especially in outstate Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so it, there, that's, that's something to, to think about. Um, and however we want to set it up there, in my opinion, uh, we should still default to uh, congressional district representatives on the executive committee. Yeah. Um, so the way I see it is really every BPOU or Senate district should uh, have their own convention, right? And then elect delegates to a congressional district convention. And I know we're convention. <laughs> Where'd you get that idea? I know. Right. So it's like we're overloading convention season with this. But um, realistically, it, it would be like, you know, uh, probably if we're looking at like 10, maybe 15 really active people within the Senate districts, um, it's not it, it shouldn't be a huge convention. Right. Um, and then, you know, delegates to a congressional district should be, you know, allocated based on membership in a senate district and so on and so forth um so then we then we should have delegates to the state convention out of congressional districts um but you know a congressional district representative in my opinion should be representing on the executive committee so that's how i see it uh i don't know that that's how that's going to play out um yeah. but it would be nice to grow to that level just thinking about it, I think one of the arguments in favor of county level affiliates rather than Senate district is that um, there's more like there's more winnable elections inside the county system, whereas Senate districts are partisan, which we generally are kind of just, you know, effed out of rather than rather than included in. But at the municipal and county level where they're kind of nonpartisan, we can usually or not usually, but often sneak in there. Sure. Um, but I guess, I mean, you can do that at the Senate district level too. Yeah. It, there's nothing to say that you can't do that at the Senate yeah. district level and still participate in County stuff. Like you can band a couple Senate districts together within the County. Right. And, mm -hmm. 
and just kind of go that route. Um, yeah, that's kind of been my um, just you know as a as a returning I guess board member now. My hope is that as we start affiliating new 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 groups that they will kind of like Lego piece together the Senate districts that they're actually, because our bylaws do require the, the affiliates to be like represent a geographical region. Um, and as it, as it stands right now, like there, yeah, we call them the congressional district affiliate, but you know, sometimes people will like CD, CD three tried to split last year and then they re they've rejoined now because it didn't right. work out. Um, but like, where is the line of demarcation? I don't, I don't know if that, if, if y'all as a board um, made that clear. And then now we've got the Dakota County and Goodhue uh, Libertarian Women um, affiliate that's kind of overlapping with CD2. And um, yep. so I think that, I think that, you know, uh, the new board and probably going forward are going to need to be a little bit more scrupulous with requiring like maybe, you know, just tell us what your boundaries are. You know, it's not it's not necessarily up to the board to say, you know, yes or no. Right. I mean, it is ultimately it, it is ultimately. But at the same time, I think um, it would be interesting if. If we were to change the bylaws or, or make a bylaw change that would allow congressional districts to allow affiliates mm -hmm. um, underneath them. Uh, and then have, you know, however they want to structure it then so be it. I, I think there's, um, that's my, that's my preference. Uh, the, I, I was on the platform and bylaws committee. It was not very popular, uh, <laughs> my committee. but yeah, I, I, the way I see it similar to, similarly to the way we do the regional structure in the national party, you know, where the, 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 the component parts, you know, kind of band together and form their own region based on a percentage of the party. I mean, you know, and maybe the way that we've got our current region, like we have South Carolina and New Mexico right. was in it until they backed out. <laughs> Uh, I would like, hate for uh, I would hate for every year for the you know the congressional the, the Senate districts to have to figure out what's what congressional district they belong to. But yeah. um, you know that's pretty that's that's set. You know, uh, you know one every what is it every ten years mm -hmm. uh, when we go through a census. Yeah. So uh, it it'd be interesting. I mean, the biggest thing that we worry about is okay when. Uh, you know, when the next census comes out and Minnesota's lost a million people, right? <laughs> what, are we down to, you know, are we down to seven or six Senate or six congressional districts? So. Yeah, that's one thing that I kind of worry about a little bit too. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if this will, if that trend will continue for the next 10 years or I guess seven years now, but the, you know, the blue states are kind of dwindling in population. And I think Minnesota followed that trend. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I, I I know I've heard heard reports. I don't know if they're from trusted sources um, about people leaving at least at least the state. Um, I can't remember where I saw the infographic, um, but it was like there's an exodus from the Twin Cities into outstate Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, but there's also uh, just like tons of people moving into the South. Um, so the Kentucky, Tennessee areas, yeah. uh, even Texas. So it's Maybe a trend. Texas. That's my, that's my, that's my native, native home. I know. In I Texas. know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it seems to be a trend that, uh, that who knows what's, you know, what Minnesota is going to look like in 10 years.
years. Um, but I think that's that's really what I was talking about uh, during my my 20 year speech um, mm-hmm. is we we don't know what politics is going to look like in the next 20 years. It's I, I, I believe it's going to look drastically different than what we currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the biggest things that that we really need to do at a local level is start building those off ramps uh, for communities. Um, so in my opinion, again, this is only my opinion and I haven't studied this to a T yet, but uh, if, if everything is going to go the way that we think it's going to go um, at some point, communities are just going to have to stand up and say no. Um, but that's not going to be easy and it's not going to be pretty. So how do you start building the confidence to be able to say no, right? So uh, I think really uh, Cassandra Fryman, what she's doing out in Ohio is fabulous, right? How do you start providing private solutions or at least community solutions for government problems? Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's what, that's what really needs to be the focus. Um, Well, and and that's, that's a, that presents a tremendous opportunity to, you know, collaborate with other non-political libertarian groups. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Freedom Cells, but Freedom Cells is an agorist group that, uh, I mean, the, the Telegram group of, for the Twin Cities Freedom Cells has more people in it than we have maybe even in the party. Actually, so... I'm going to say this. The first part of our conversation, you said we first met at at the convention. And in reality, you had sent me a link to the Freedom Cells Telegram. Oh, my God, you're right. Way before convention. Yes. So I had never met you, but I knew you through the link and Freedom Cells. Nate too. Actually, Nate came to a couple of Freedom Cells events. I don't know if he's still going to them or not. I've kind of backed okay. out of it, but um, that, man, agorists are a little too intense for me. But like, you know, I mean, we're kind of coming up on probably some intense times, so maybe it's yeah, like, we are. Yeah, maybe we it's are. time to, um, <laughs> to, yeah. to reacclimate myself with that community a little bit. I might have to join you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's uh, I, we're going to come across some hard times, um, and I think the first step, the first step for libertarians uh, to be able to, to kind of at least start to foster these relationships is really just get to know your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, Take a step out your front door and, and, you know, go meet people and, and just be, you know, be a, like, like Maj said, lead with empathy, right? Just say, yeah, no, I, I, we don't have to talk about politics. We don't have to say anything, but I just want you to know who I am. So you're comfortable with me to come and ask me for anything, right? This is what I do. This is who I am. If you have a need, feel free to use me as a resource, right? And so it's just just having that honest conversation with your neighbors and, and starting to build uh, the community around that. And then, you know, then it's, moves on to the street and then, you know, people, maybe somebody else hears about it and be like, Oh yeah, Charlie's, you know, smoking a brisket for, uh, you know, this week and he's going to have some people over, just come on by. That's you a know? great idea. 
Um, so I, I think that's how, how you get people to feel comfortable with their neighbors again. Um, so what, I, if, what, what do you think? So you've been, you, you know where I live. Um, yep. My block is entirely like socialist leftists, basically. Uh, and like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to, not opposed to multiculturalism and, and, and some of those values that, that my neighbors espouse, but like, how do I find common, like my next door neighbors to the right, like, you know, their, their yard sign rotation is basically, you know, Bernie, Bernie for president followed right. by, uh, you know, nurses put the, put the care in healthcare cause they're union organizers. And now they've got a big, like, you know, public teachers union thing. And, you know, I, that doesn't bother me too much. But, like, if they find out I'm libertarian, then they'll have right. my head on a pike. I'm scared. Oh, so, yeah. and, and I think that's, um, I know I'm probably going to get blasted for this, but. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm not scared anymore. No, realistically, you have, the, you have that conversation with them. And, and um, there are libertarians out there that, that want to live in a a voluntary communal society, mm -hmm. right? And so, if you start talking to them about, yeah, you guys, you know, wouldn't it be great if if people lived in a communal society where they shared resources with each other, yeah, and blah blah blah. And so you have that conversation, but then say, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if you were able to do it voluntarily and you didn't have the state telling you what to do. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to work, uh, <laughs> but it would be interesting to have those conversations um, to say the least. Um, yeah. I, it's a, a tough thing to, to kind of break people from their mold or even if, I mean, realistically, I think that the best way is to start something, mm -hmm. right? Pick a topic um, or at least pay attention to what's going on in the city and what's being presented to the city council and say, this is going to affect us. How do we stop making it the city's problem? And how do we take responsibility for it as citizens? Um, and maybe that starts to bridge the gap. I don't know. There's a great book. It's called Community Technology. Um, it's by a guy named Carl Hess, who, uh, so Carl Hess was a, he was an agorist, but I think he was also like a speechwriter for Reagan or Bush or one of the Republican presidents, which, you know, typically you wouldn't see those two things go together. But in any case, he wrote a book called Community Technology. Uh, and it's about how he basically created an agorist society, like in his little neighborhood in Washington, D.C., they were doing everything from, you know, community policing to they had a whole like aquaculture, like with fish and plants and everything sort of like, I guess, networked between apartments and stuff like that. Nice. Um, which uh, I don't I don't have the I don't I don't feel like I have the talent, although, with you know, with necessity, um, if, if, if it ever became necessary, who knows what kind of talent. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. I find hidden talents when I have to. That's <laughs> <laughs> 
can't I can't fight and I can't outrun anybody, but I, I cook you a pretty pretty good meal. So there you go. Well, I'd rather not. Me. I'd rather not find out my hidden talents when I need them. I know. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the be prepared, but, um, yeah, it, that's a tough one. I mean, especially when your, your philosophy just doesn't line up, um, mm. you know, just, just having that conversation. Plus, you know, I don't, I don't know what their reason is or what their experience is. Um, cause one of the, one of the things that I've, I've really, kind of started focusing on lately, uh, especially over this past year, is just trying to understand um, where people are coming from. What's the perspective that they they bring to the issue that, that their decisions are so ingrained in them, right? Um, so there's a reason people believe what they believe. It's because they have a different perspective. You know, and, and until you change somebody's perspective, but if that's their, that's been their life, that's been, that's been everything that they're going through. Um, it's really hard. Uh, and, and you can't, you can do it through a book, but who's going to take the time? I mean, how many, how many libertarians read? Well, all right. Libertarians always read alternative, but uh, <laughs> how many conservatives read like, Marx, or how many socialists read uh, a conservative writer, you know? Um, so it's, it's like the, the perspective that you bring to the conversation really is, is going to drive that, that philosophy. So just try and understand where they're coming from. You're like, Hey, you know what, you know, I, even just ask them about their background, you know, what's your background, you know, where did you come from? Where are you, you know, how did you how did you come to live where you do uh, and how do you like it? What are things you'd like to see changed? Right. So build that common ground and just understand what what motivates them. And then maybe there's a solution for it. Maybe there's an immediate one that you have background in. Right. Yeah, that's a good call. And And like you said earlier, like just steer clear of politics if, if necessary. Right. But that, but also like you have to stick to that. You know, I've, I've ruined many a first date because I, you know, drank too much and started ranting about foreign policy or whatever. Thankfully, thankfully I have a, a, a long suffering partner of four and a half years now. <laughs> well, you know, put up with, put up with the occasional rant. Um, the occasional rant when we go out, it's, it's all around. <laughs> like, I know. I, know. I give him credit. I'm like, I, I keep like, I'm like, man, Andrew, I want you to be involved in the conversation too. Like, let's. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's the thing. I, I found that I found the one person who's a better libertarian than me because he just doesn't care about politics at all. Like, it's right. just, he has he has no opinions. It's great. Oh, I love it. It's not true. He has opinions on stuff. It's just they're not they're not like closely held, and he sees so many different sides of every story, which is also an enviable position to be in and something that I, that I aspire to. For sure. Uh, this is, this is really turning into like an Andrew love fest and he's, <laughs> he's in the living room getting high with a friend playing video games right now. Because we're 20, I'm coming uh, over. Or at least close yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to, you need to go pick up your kid and stuff. So yep. 
we'll be cutting it short in about 15 minutes or so. Why don't we give, uh, do you have any other thoughts on kind of what went on in this, uh, this last convention this weekend? I've got plenty of thoughts. Um, you know, starting with the, with the chair race. Um, yeah, I was, I was kind of taken aback when, when the two, one of the leading candidates in the, in the chair race refused the nomination, but, um, yeah. You know, I talked, I, I chatted with her for a bit afterwards and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you asked me for that, that quote in the press release. And I think really it, uh, Kara has so much passion for this party that, that I think it, it would have killed her to see the division continue. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why she did what she did. And I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about how it turned out. Um, I think, I think two years of with Rebecca as vice chair is going to be phenomenal um, because she brings that fire that she wants to get shit done to. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm happy to see that. Uh, I think there's always been a conversation about Kara serving as political director, right? Um, yeah. So that's a that's a position that just uh, is is kind of made for her. Um, you know, the the officers round out with with Justin jumping back in as secretary. Um, so it's uh, it's great. I I I like the way things are going. Um, and even, I mean, there's some things in, at the convention that we didn't get to in the bylaws. Uh, yeah. we, we spent a lot of time arguing over language on platform, but uh, the the bylaws, um, I'm happy to see that the resolution that, that didn't get addressed uh, is still going to be taken up by the executive committee, yeah. uh, as we talked about earlier. Um, there's a couple other things that, that will kind of have to get carried over in the next year, but... Uh, I don't know. the The priority was the two thirds vote, uh, right? Yeah. On, the, yeah, was, on rate choice that vote. Was the big thing. And I know, I man, Justin Jelinek was sitting there just sweating because we were spending <laughs> so much time on those those platform amendments that were supposed to take five minutes. Yep, yep. <laughs> we're, we're sitting there arguing over the word "v," and Justin's <laughs> like, "I am going to be murdered if I don't get this." This <laughs> the one order. thing, the one thing that needed to happen, and we don't address it. No. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, that that was addressed and taken care of. And I'm sure Chris Holbrook is happy that that's taken care of as well. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, there was a, there might be some, a, a little bit of spats that carry over from previous, from before the convention. Um, but I think those will all get worked out. I think leaving the convention everybody had a like a sense of unity and uh I, at least from from my perspective there was there was really a coming together of of differences in the party um and now it's time to focus on you know focus on the next two years and and, and getting work done um so that's uh i i think it was a great weekend um, I think there were a couple people missing that we, we would have liked to have seen, but, um, 
all in all, there were new people there. Uh, there were legacy people there. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see kind of the, the healing start process start to happen. For sure. It's a, you know, as a member of a faction, um, you know, I make no secret that I'm a Mises caucus guy. Uh, like I have just, you know, I've, I've shed tears over, over some of the stuff that I've seen go on. Um, I was, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like an unprofessional podcast host by making this about my feelings or whatever, but when, when Kara, when Kara did what she did on Sunday or Saturday, um, not accepting the nomination and instead, uh, nominating a, a, a unifying candidate, um, I think that that was the best out. I mean, and, 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 and a candidate as great as Marianne too. Um, yep. I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened. Uh, you know, if I had my, if I had my druthers, you know, I wish that she would have maybe tried to get Rebecca on board with it as well so that we could all go in with a unified attitude. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think that the best outcome with, with, you know, someone, someone like Marianne at the helm who everybody's going to rally around and, you know, Rebecca and Kara in positions that they're going to both just absolutely thrive in. Um, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, uh, myself in communications director as well, which we haven't really mentioned, but, um, you know, yeah. thanks to the party for trusting me with that huge role. Uh, <laughs> I have already, I have already been mentored, um, by Marianne and by Scott Malik. Uh, who's one of the greatest writers in the potty, in the potty, the party. In, you said potty. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really just kind of feeling the love right now. It's great. Uh, the board's going to be doing the retreat, which, you know, was one of Kara's ideas that Marianne um, ran with. Uh, we're going to be all kind of meeting up, uh, uh, maybe up in, in Northern Minnesota sometime in the summer. Um, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to a great, a great couple of years and it, it couldn't have come soon enough uh, what with the presidential election year yep. coming up. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Right, cool. Like, well, I just want to say this. I, I want yeah. to say one thing in closing. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with, with the, the way the board turned out. Um, but there was something I said in, in, you know, in, in my chair, uh, report that I really think should resonate with a lot of libertarians is you don't need to be in a position of leadership to, to get involved in this party. Yeah. Totally. Right. It, everywhere down, down the line, we need people, uh, helping out, volunteering, uh, you know, getting involved in some of the way that these things work. Mm -hmm. It's not on leadership to do everything. Uh, it is on leadership to help recruit people, um, for those positions. But if we don't know you're out there, uh, please just, just reach out and let us know. Cause, there's things that we need, IT, communications. Uh, we need a financial division. We need people on outreach. We need people reaching out to, to new members and, and getting them involved in their affiliates. Uh, this is all stuff that, that needs to happen. Um, and it's going to be a big part of the next two years. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's going to be one of, my, uh, one of my priorities as well. Um, just as comms director, uh, doing a little bit better job of recruiting volunteers and recruiting, you know, people into these positions, uh, you know, in the past, it's kind of been an email blast, you know, Hey, if you can do this, do it. Right. Um, but I, you know, I'd like to, and, you know, working with you as the it guy, um, 
actually targeting people, you know, finding yeah. out where people's interests are, where they, where their talents are, their professional experience, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's going to go a long way uh, uh, towards really, really making us a, an organized organization instead of just kind of a chaotic uh, yeah. disorganization, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, let's leave it there. Um, thanks so much for joining. Say hi to the family for me. My pleasure. We'll do. We'll probably see each other here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, probably. <laughs> All, right. All right, brother. See ya. Later. Family for me. My pleasure. We'll do. We'll probably see each other here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, probably. <laughs> All, right. All right, brother. See ya. Later.